0: This is The Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, November 21st. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking to Broadly staff writer Marie Solis about why everyone is so obsessed with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram stories. If you've been following Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram, like I have, then you'll know that it's become something of a phenomenon the 29-year-old newly elected congresswoman is providing her 600,000-plus Instagram followers with a constant stream of dispatches about her new life in the Capitol. And people are completely enthralled. So here's Vices' on Ankita Rao speaking with Broadly writer Marie Solis on the story.
1: Your piece dives into a phenomenon that all of us have been noticing, which is that the newly elected Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a very vibrant presence across social media platforms. What was most interesting to you about this? I think people are
2: remarking on this so much for a few reasons, but first and foremost, because we have elected officials who are generally from a much older generation who give their social media responsibilities to interns and staff who usually they'll stage a photo op, maybe take video. They do some tweets, but they're very polished and, you know, well-prepared and very self-conscious about making the member of Congress look, you know, well-coiffed and and put together and professional. And what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is doing is, giving us a totally unfiltered, quite literally unfiltered look at her foray into Congress. And so I think that people have been responding to to precisely that, that she isn't trying to make herself look super professional. She's not, you know, always in business casual when she's doing these Instagram videos. She is just being herself. And what she's showing with that is that She's not self-conscious. She's not worried about looking like a member of Congress because what she's doing is challenging our idea of what a member of Congress looks like and what they do and how they conduct themselves. And so she's really turning it into a tool to inspire, I think, other people to run for Congress and help them see themselves reflected in, in the governing body.
1: Some of her videos have had things like her cooking ramen and mac and cheese and explaining policy. What's the sort of vibe that comes across in these? And and what have been the ones that you've thought, oh, this is something different than what we've seen before?
2: Yeah. When you're flipping through Instagram stories, right, it really does seem like hers could just belong to another friend that you follow on Instagram. And that's something that... A lot of people told me when I was working on this story uh that they felt that she was just someone they knew personally and or like a friend of theirs, so yeah, she has like you said these videos of her cooking and listening to Janelle Monet and you know answering policy questions. And then last week, as she was going through all of the different sessions for orientation for incoming members of Congress, she was showing us, like, here are the, the secret passageways, which aren't so secret, uh, that connect all the different buildings in the Capitol. And here is my handbook. And here is what my office might look like. Here is a model for the office for members of Congress. The one that was most striking to me was she had this handbook and it really is just like, here are different ways you can govern as a freshman member of Congress. And she basically explained, and this is all in text that she writes over these screenshots or videos that she's taking. So she explains that uh, the handbook kind of suggests more or less two routes you can go. One is... Um Being a member of Congress who is focused on more national issues and being a spokesperson advocate for your constituents that way, and then there's another route where you can you can do more local governance and build a very robust office in you know your district and focus on meeting more direct needs of your constituents and so then in in the next slide of of the story she says how would you like to see me govern and she gives her followers these two options to choose from and so that was really striking to me because it's a natural extension of of Instagram and what the tools of Instagram allow you to do which is take these polls of just anyone who watches your story and it's it's showing her followers that she is deeply invested in hearing their opinion and and is going to take it into consideration when she does get sworn into congress in january.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of what is so captivating is that it's very interactive and as we know in the media, that's a goal of so many, you know, news organizations even to just be like how do we communicate with audience all the time and she does this very naturally. But I guess my o- own sort of personal concern is is how much is too much? Like you know, there's still this system that you can't really overturn in one year that is very slow and and is very white and, and requires a lot of diplomacy. And I'm curious as to what you think that line is of like how fresh and how revolutionary can she be and how honest can she be with all of her constituents and how much will she need to play the game? How much will she need to Turn the phone off, or or step back and say, okay, I, I sort of have to um, also, you know, draw the line somewhere.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think you know that's something that her supporters are going to have to confront. Um, I also worked on a piece before the midterms about kind of what DSA is going to do now that they have DSA members and and candidates that they've backed in office and what's going to happen when some of those members do need to compromise or, you know, fall short of maybe some of their promises. So I think that is a, a broad concern. For Ocasio-Cortez, so far we've seen that, yeah, she's pushing the envelope and it it's making a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, she would say it's making all of the right people uncomfortable. At the same time, I I know that there are some people who, you know, support her and want to see her succeed, who, who have this question about how much is too much? Is she going to take it too far? Is she, you know, going to have to walk something back? So just last week, we saw her in Nancy Pelosi's office, joining protesters to advocate for a Green New Deal. And, you know, that made people on edge a little bit about oh, she's being too disruptive, Um, she's going to take it too far, she's going to see the consequences of this because Pelosi is the one who gives freshmen members of Congress their committee assignments. But actually it worked out pretty well for her and for the protesters, and we saw that there was some compromise that happened there, and some, I think many would agree, some fruitful discussion about how to get more Democrats on board with committing to climate change policy. So I think that, I think we'll see. Uh, It's definitely possible that at some point she's going to have to be a little less transparent on social media and on Instagram, but I think at the same time she's gained the trust of her followers on social media and just her supporters in general that, you know, she'll be honest with them about why she needs to be more diplomatic about some things or keep some things off of social media. And just uh, yesterday, she said, you know, I'm going dark for the next 45 days because I have to set up my office and, you know, finish this transition period. So I think that people expect that she'll tell them kind of what the limits of this transparency are.
1: I think one more reason that people are paying attention to how she's using social media is because we also have a president who is also very much on social media. Trump's Twitter sometimes announces foreign policy or uh, domestic sort of legislation before anybody else does. And often he attacks people using his Twitter feed and 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 There's a lot that can be read into that as well. This seems almost diametrically opposite. I'm curious as to where you see those differences. What are the key ways that she's diverging from some of, you know, the way that we've seen politicians like Trump use Twitter and social media?
2: I think it's an easy comparison to make, but, you know, Trump himself has said that he he sees social media as a way to avoid the press. He wants to use it to get directly to his supporters at the expense of giving interviews to the press, doing press conferences. And I don't think we see that same thing with Ocasio-Cortez. She's not, you know, snubbing reporters. She's still talking to the press. She's doing a lot of press, actually. And... She said that she sees it as a way to humanize the government and she wants people to see who their leaders are and what they're doing. And I think that, as many have pointed out throughout this presidency, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about the inner workings of the White House. So both her and Trump say that they're using social media to get better access to the people, but the way they're doing it is totally different and i think that you know instagram is a platform that's used most widely by young people and it's definitely been an explicit goal of ocasio cortez to in her in her campaign she's talked about expanding the electorate and that helped deliver her this historic primary win and now her her win just a couple weeks ago in the general election and you know she's doing that again she's expanding who is engaged in in our political process and on Instagram she is able to get to those younger people and get them in the pipeline get them to understand how the government works and get them
0: excited about what's going on you can read the full story at broadly.vice.com that's it for now Thanks so much for listening and tune in again on Friday for another vice guide to right now.